This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd. This is episode 222. I'm a little bit more furry-faced guy, Dan, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a good week's a good week week growth on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a week and a half almost. Okay. I have the longest beard in the studio for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll catch me. For at least a few weeks. Um uh I'm I'm I I'm really excited for next week's show. Not yeah. that I'm not excited for this show, but I'm excited for next week's show. Mm-hmm. We'll have Sean in studio with us. And it's something a li- we haven't done a show like this before, so No, we haven't. We I think we've well, we've only had the one show ever with a Christian guest. And it and didn't go well. No, that didn't I'm, that didn't go well at all. This will be much better. Yeah, yeah, I've got a lot higher hopes for this one. Mm. Yeah, me too. It should be it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to asking him a lot of questions about what he believes and why mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and and how those beliefs how he can maintain a lot of those beliefs simultaneously because a lot of christian thought seems to be self-contradicting so that should be a lot of fun yeah what have you guys been doing over the last week uh worked overtime yeah that's about it that's about it <laughs> <laughs> worked overtime and took videos of oz yeah, yeah, because, well, I guess he was throwing up when I was at work. Oh, yeah? So he wasn't feeling so well, so I was babying him. What was he throwing? Just Like was, when he would eat, he was, like, not keeping food down. Exercising so. too much or running I, around too much, maybe? Maybe a combination of both or a combination of drinking the nasty puddle water at the dog park. Mm, that'll do it. So... We don't let him go by the puddles in the dog park. And <laughs> Sarah did online research that said to probably get a stomach virus and to not feed him a whole lot for 24 hours. So hmm. he was hangry. Mm. Yeah. And he wasn't getting fed a lot. Did he Did he, Did he? he have bowel issues as well or just vomiting? Not that I saw. And yeah. he didn't throw up at all since I've been home. Huh. So I think he just missed me. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so yeah, we recorded last week, then I had to go to work the next day. Uh-huh. I show up to work. And yeah, I'm, that's why we that's why we didn't do a Patreon section of the show. Yeah, not I was tired. Oh, at work, yeah. And I show up, and they're like, "Hey, get your stuff ready. We got live burns." I'm like, Are "You fucking shitting me?" What's a live burn? We had to do like live fire training. Like we were, we got a building, we put pallets in it, and we light it on fire, and we go in and put the fire out. Yeah. Oh. So we had to go do that all morning. Oh. And they're like, "Hey, we need to go finish working on the." uh the new training tower is like, fuck. <laughs> I just want to nap. It's my first day here. Come I, on. And it's an overtime. The overtime's supposed to be easy. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't get done until about six or seven o'clock that night before I finally got to eat dinner and sit down and be like, okay, now I can take a nap. <laughs> it does sound a little bit odd, I think, to the people who have normal shifts that you're ready to go into work to sleep. <laughs> yeah yeah well i'm there for 72 hours like man i know i know but it just sounds fucking just like man i'm so tired i need to go to work so i can get <laughs> <Yeah>. some sleep <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes <laughs> yeah 
Well, it's that, that first day in is always, always hard the first morning because it's a two hour drive. I wake up around mm-hmm. you know, between 4.30 and 5, drive in two hours and get there. And it's, it's rough that first day. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Oh, you had no idea that they were going to be doing the live burn? No, no. Usually in the morning, it's, it's, hey, check truck out, go get breakfast. If we're doing stuff, we're not, we're usually not doing heavier stuff until like 10 or 11. Uh So I can usually go in, check the truck out and and relax for a second. And this was, oh no, we're going to go do live fires like right now. Oh, wow. Like, oh, I didn't know we were doing that immediately first thing in the fucking morning when I showed up. Hey, welcome. It's great (laughs) to see you. We're going to go do some shit now. Yeah. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) And uh, you, sir? Yeah, I got some. I got some thoughts from the week. Oh, a few of them. Some prepared thoughts. That's uh, yeah. That's what I've been doing since I realized that I could do that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to finally put to rest the confusion surrounding Mormons and the whole coffee thing. Okay. Uh, the word of wisdom and whether they're allowed to or not, or how that all works. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. okay, it, it goes like this. Okay. All right. Uh, caffeinated soda is okay, but coffee and tea are forbidden because Mormon texts discourage hot drinks. Right? Yeah. It's not about the caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot chocolate is okay despite being hot because the interpretation of hot drinks actually means brewed drinks, not hot drinks. Mm, okay. okay. So iced tea and iced coffee are forbidden despite being cold because they're brewed. Okay. Okay. Herbal tea, hot or iced are okay despite being brewed because they're caffeine free. So hopefully that clears it up for everybody. <laughs> I'm still confused because some teas have caffeine in them. Well, sure, but not herbal teas, generally speaking. Okay. Now, I had always heard it was because of the tannins in coffee. Well, it depends on who you ask and yeah. at what, yeah. in what in which decade you've asked them. Like, I can remember when I was a kid, uh, it was, you know, that they couldn't have hot drinks. They couldn't drink coffee and everything because it had caffeine in it. Right. Well, then they started, you know, then they realized, oh, well, hot chocolate has caffeine in it. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but here in Utah, we have beyond just the regular and the diet version of all the sodas, there's the regular and the diet, and then also the regular caffeine-free and the diet caffeine-free version of a ton of the major soft drinks here. I think that's that's national. I would well. I'm sure they're available nationally, but like mm-hmm. here in Utah, it's, it's bigger. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's a much larger market for that because Mormons for so long didn't use caffeine at all. Well, I just remember my grandma always drinking diet soda with ca- no caffeine because she had diabetes. Mm. What does the caffeine have to do with the diabetes? I don't know what she drank. Oh. <laughs> yeah the the coffee tea soda conundrum is the Mormon Trinity. <laughs> None of them knows what it means for sure. They all give you different answers. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the and like I said, the answer has shifted over the decades. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like I said, when I was a kid, it was that it had caffeine in it, and then later it was oh well. After people pointed out, well, hot chocolate has caffeine in it. Regular chocolate has caffeine. There's a shit Diet ton Coke. of things that you yeah. yeah the regular Diet Coke oh. has caffeine in it. But so, we, but here's the big question: What about monsters? I know a lot of Mormons yeah. who drink the shit. Well, now they do. Drinks. Now they do. But in the past, like in the past, drinking caffeine was seen yeah. as the same as drinking a beer, as far as Mormons were concerned. They were both way, way, way out of whack with the word of wisdom. So you weren't supposed to do any of that. So mm-hmm. you know, if it's in the word of wisdom, or you know, if it's interpreted a way that the word of wisdom covers it, and you do that thing, that's just as bad as you know taking a shot of whiskey or whatever. Yeah. I just know two of my Mormon chiefs. Huh. One always drinks Dr. Pepper. And he's like, it's my 
It's my weakness. Dr. Pepper. It's my one thing I can drink at work and get away with it. And one always is drinking monsters like. He's a monster uh, monster. Yeah. Unhealthy amount. I mean, there's an unhealthy amount of monsters drank at my work. Yeah. I don't drink them. I don't like them. But all the other guys like I'll have a cup of coffee in the morning and somebody will have two monsters before nine o'clock. Yeah. Like, oh, it just makes you, you feel that? like shit. Well, yeah, but, but then it shifted. So then it wasn't just about caffeine. Then it was, yeah, then then it was, well, you know, there's some disagreement on this, but, you know, I'm choosing to stay away from caffeine as much as possible because it is a drug. <laughs> yeah. And then now, now I know the damn mm-hmm. stupid, <laughs> the dumbass motherfucker that I used to work with, he had a a bottle of just caffeine pills. Oh, uh-huh. that he would take caffeine pills uh-huh. all the fucking time. Yep. And I'm like, well, wait, you, you're, you're, you're taking caffeine pills? What is that? I thought you weren't supposed to have caffeine. He's like, well, no, caffeine's fine. And I'm like, when is this? When was yeah. this a thing that caffeine is fine now right. for Mormons? Right. And he's like, oh, it's always been fine. And I'm like, no. no. I'm like, no, that's not at all true. When I was a kid, you could not have caffeine in your sodas, coffee. That's why coffee wasn't allowed because it's, it had caffeine in it. It's, yep. it's just like how they try to change words from a cuss word to not a cuss word. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, it's not coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, so then I yeah. asked him, I'm like, okay, so if it isn't the caffeine, like, why can't you have coffee and stuff like that? Well, uh, because of the tannins in it. Yeah. And so when you said tannins, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what they're saying yeah, now yeah. is because of the tannins in it. But, of course, they don't take into account the tannins that are in every other fucking <laughs> thing that they eat or right, drink. Right. I, I would say coffee is way better than taking a handful of caffeine pills or drinking the Monsters or having the Coke. Yeah. 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 But he he doesn't really think about it. He's just going none by of, what none he's of told. Them do. Yeah. And and the other thing is the the shopping on Sundays being forbidden. That's going away too. So mm-hmm. I mean, they're drinking diet cokes while they're shopping on Sunday in their church clothes. <laughs> <laughs> they're in stores in their church clothes. So you know they they pick and choose just like everybody. Else. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever suits them at the time. Yeah. So I am caught up on the two skeptical chaps now. Uh oh. Uh yeah, man. Uh, Dan is out of control. <laughs> he is drunk with power. I don't, I don't know why he's so strict about whether people get promoted or demoted. You know, he, it's just gone to his head so far. Well, and he, he seems to have ultimate authority of the decision. It's right. just like, you know, Spike will cut in and he's like, well, you know, perhaps maybe we ought to not do this because. Because <laughs> he's from India. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to nail the South African accent. It's I'm failing terribly. Rant and rave. <laughs> yeah. Rant and rave. Uh, yeah. He, but like. Yeah, he tries to. He'll try to be the voice of reason, be be a little more diplomatic about it. And Dan's just like, "No, this is the way we are doing it." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so that got me thinking about some, like, just the way that we got connected, and you know that whole thing. And so, uh, so I put together a couple little thoughts here for them. Bear with me. Uh, So everybody knows they promote uh, people through ranks in their. If if they use a story that's sent to them by one of their agents or whatever, um, they promote uh, in the ranks for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I I was the one who originally contacted them and have remained one of the lowest ranks <laughs> they have for months now um, because Dan doesn't like the words that I say. Because you're on sassy. Show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm responsible for a big chunk of their audience and many of their agents. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole host of, and guests they've had on the show. Yeah. 
uh, came through me. Uh, but I'm still ranked low while people get promoted for pushing a button and sending a story. <laughs> uh, then I realized it's not really Dan's fault, actually. Huh? Um, he's being perfectly British about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dan <laughs> almost spit his drink out. <laughs> I'm glad I waited. <laughs> yeah, He's shamelessly taking the resources while suppressing the giver and squashing free speech. Imperialism <laughs> is in his DNA. <laughs> Uh, sipping tea and IPAs from old oppressive South Asia colonizing with no remorse. Uh, he, he did work his way through a lot of school and he's a focused martial artist. And even through all of that, just like a monarch of the past, with a little power, he's been able to remain as humble and modest as Kanye West. <laughs> so I, I finally realized, I finally realized something that made sense of all this. And it's about perspective, isn't it? Uh, we had different ideas about what our relationship was. Um, I'm not Dan's friend or colleague, as I once thought. Mm. In his mind, I'm India. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. So just, just some thoughts I had. Well. Week. <laughs> so how do you really feel? <laughs> Well, here, it's on my sleeve. I'll just hand it to you. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to hearing what Dan has to say about all of that. That should be fun. Oh, I know what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to womp womp you? Probably. <laughs> I don't know if he can. <laughs> oh, that's uh, fun. He'll have to give me a mop if he demotes me any further. <laughs> well, I, mean, I can just promote you to station chief. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that he would give you a mop. He'd probably give you the materials to make oh, a mop. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I went to the Wasatch or West, no, what is it? Mountain West Hard Cider Oktoberfest on Sunday. Oh, that was, that was nice. Went with, uh, Callie and Caitlin, who we've had yeah. on the show. Um, and actually last year when I was there, Taylor and Sandra were there with okay. us. Okay. So, has that already been a year? Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. A full year now. It doesn't seem nearly that long ago, no, does it? No, it seemed like a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. It's gotten a lot bigger. Um, it's, I think I preferred the festival or the October festy thing that they do last year a bit more. This year it was more, I don't know, they had more booths there, but it was, I don't know, they weren't really related to the Mountain West hard cider thing. It was just okay. people there selling their wares, which is uh. fine. I just... I didn't, I didn't particularly care for that a whole lot. They, they had the same amount of space, but more booths. And so like last year they had, uh, what is it? Cornhole and some other games and stuff that people were playing. And they yeah. still had this, they still had that this year, but they were like really, it was, the space was really tight. Okay. And some cornholes are tight. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and the weather was nice. They had a fucking awesome autumn punch drink. Okay. Mm. That was like a. Wait, was it pumpkin spicy? In, in, no, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't good. really pumpkin spicy, but it was. I mean, autumn flavors, so it had like you know cinnamon and cardamom and mm. apple and stuff like mm. that. But then they used. Uh, you could use the Porter's apple. Mm -hmm. Have you guys tried that? The Porter's uh -uh. apple whiskey. Mm -mm. That's pretty tasty. Oh, I smelled that though. I think you had some, didn't? Well, we've had the we've had the, of course, regular. We've had the Porter's Fire and the Porter's Peach is really good. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen that they had Porter's Apple, but they were making the cocktails out of that. Okay. It was really fucking tasty. I had several of them. <laughs> and then we, then we went to 
Then we went to Red Rock and had dinner and then came home because we're old and after having a few drinks and walking around and then having dinner, it was, it was sleepy time. I like sleepy time. <laughs> uh, replaced the kitchen faucet. That was a bit of a chore. That took several hours because I'm a fat guy who's out of shape and can't squeeze into small places very easily. <laughs> so removing the old faucet was a big fucking hassle and then reattaching the new one and doing all that. And it's one of the automatic touchless yeah. faucets with a sensor on it. So that was a whole so new deal. And the battery box and the power thingy mm-hmm. to it. Yep. Oh. Uh, Changed our show notes to OneNote. I don't know if anybody in the audience uses OneNote, but I just recently started using it, like this last week. OneNote's the name of the pro- the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Microsoft OneNote. Oh. It's fucking awesome, man. It it I can sync shit wherever, and it's all cloud based. You like know, I get to it from wherever, and <laughs> and like you can just drag and drop whatever into it. It documents, text, links, pictures, whatever, and it's and it's really super easy to organize and find shit, and so. I've moved I, all, of, all of our show notes over to the. It's I downloaded really it cool. right onto my phone. It's really, oh yeah, you can get the free app on your yeah. phone. Yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. What else? Uh, still haven't shaved. Starting to itch a little bit. <laughs> I hate that mm. part. Yeah. Yeah. Right, al- right along the neckline is starting to itch a little bit. Uh, and I became a Beto O'Rourke super fan this week. Oh, what, what? After we recorded last. What because, well, brought that up? I have. I'll actually. I think. I've oh, got we a, got a. We got a clip. I got a clip here. I can play for y'all. <laughs> but he's very cool. It's a reedy clip. So this is this is from YouTube. It's posted by Now This News. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Cl- I didn't actually watch this yet. It's really really good. I was very very impressed. Um, so this is Beto O'Rourke at kind of a town hall kind of thing where he's speaking to constituent. Well. Hopeful constituents if he wins his race. But, yeah. He's running um, against Ted Cruz. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Running against Ted Cruz. So and I we already like him for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's just, he seems so, de- he reminds me of Barack Obama. He's, yeah. He's, he speaks very eloquently. He, he seems really compassionate, empathetic, and really fucking smart. I kind of wanted to know how you personally felt about how disrespectful it is. Like you have the NFL players kneeling during the national anthems. I wanted to know if you found that disrespectful to our country, to our veterans, and anybody related to that. It just I find it incredibly frustrating that people seem to be okay with that. And I just so this is a guy in the audience asking him this question, and and then dumb shit. But yeah, yeah. And then Beto gives his answer, and he does it so diplomatically, but so beautifully. If I were the guy, like if. I try to imagine that I, that I was this guy asking this question and I walked into this town hall and, and asked him and his answer is just so fucking perfect that I don't know that I could have not completely agreed with him. Mm. Just like to hear your input. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for a great question. Again, on a really tough issue that if we don't talk about is not going to get better. And the question is, how do you feel about NFL players who take a knee during the national anthem and is it disrespectful to this country to the flag to service members who are right there tonight where it is tonight in afghanistan and those former service members retirees and veterans who are here with us today thank you each for your service um my my short answer is no i don't think it's disrespectful here's my my longer answer but i'm gonna try to try to make sure Um, because i think it's a really important question and Reasonable people, 
Reasonable people can disagree on this issue. Let's begin there. And it makes them no less American to come down on a different conclusion on this issue, right? Um, you can- yeah, that that's a perfectly valid point. It pisses well, me off when people are like, oh, it's un-American if you don't do it. No, actually, dissent yeah. is like the heart of that, being an American. I was going to say, that's a valuable point in the context of any discussion. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes Unless, you no know less an American. Like you can disagree and you can be wrong, but it doesn't mean you're not a, not an American or you're not a good. Unless American. the question is, do you think the Third Reich was correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. True. That, I, kind that'd of, be bad. I kind of agree with the Third Reich. What about you? Or yeah. or if you fly Confederate flags around or Nazi flags well, around, yeah. then you might not be very American. But on this question in yeah. particular, yeah. something of you know something that is. Striking at the heart of what is going on in America and the inequality that we see around us all the time that a lot of white people are just completely blind to because it's never happened to them. It's, it's something that never crosses their mind because it doesn't affect them at all, really. You feel as a young man does, you can feel as I do, you're every bit as American all the same. Um, but I'm reminded, somebody mentioned reading the, the Taylor Branch book. Um, you did. Um, Parting the Waters and the King Years. And, and when you read that book and find out what Dr. King and this nonviolent, peaceful movement to secure better, because they didn't get full, civil rights for their fellow Americans, the challenges that they faced, those who died in Philadelphia, Mississippi, for the crime of trying to be a man, trying to be a woman in this country, um, the, the young girls who died in the church bombing, Um, Those who were beaten within an inch of their life crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama with John Lewis. Um, Those who were punched in the face, spat upon, dragged out by their collar at the Woolworth lunch counter for sitting with white people at the same lunch counter in the same country where their fathers may have bled the same blood on the battlefields uh, of Omaha Beach or Okinawa, or anywhere that anyone ever served this country. Um, The freedoms that we have were purchased not just by those in uniform, and they definitely were, but also by those who took their lives into their hands riding those Greyhound buses, the Freedom Riders in the Deep South in the 1960s, who knew full well that they would be arrested, and they were serving time in the Mississippi State Penitentiary. Um, Rosa Parks getting from the and I think that's a bit of our history that a lot of people who are younger just don't know about that. I think I think they choose to leave it out of our education system for all the wrong reasons. Along with almost everything else. (laughs) Yeah, for a host of reasons. But but just the idea that as a black person riding somewhere other than the back of the bus could have you arrested. Yeah, Yeah. Sitting at the same lunch counter as a white. Right. Yeah. Using using a a water fountain that mm-hmm. wasn't labeled nigger or Negro, you know, yeah. that it was for whites only. Right. You could get arrested for mm-hmm. using the wrong fucking water fountain. <laughs> yeah. In the Mississippi state penitentiary, um, Rosa Parks getting from the back of the bus to the front of the bus, peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men unarmed, black teenagers unarmed and black children unarmed are being killed at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement, without accountability and without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not going to fix 
itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, any place. So thank you very much for asking the question. I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly right. I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And I became a Beta O'Rourke super fan instantly. That was, that was just so fucking good. And since then, I've seen a few interviews with him and, and he's just, he's an incredible, he's an incredible guy. Mm-hmm. I hope he wins. I hope he wins and beats Ted Cruz's ass and runs for president and, someday. And yeah. I can, I can see him doing that. He's, I think he'd make a, a fantastic president eventually. Even if O'Rourke's, all the rest of his opinions are conservative. Just that opinion he just shared alone makes him better than Cruz. Oh, yeah. Well, if I, I don't know what he could do to be much worse than Cruz. Right. I mean, Cruz is just, he's a bottom-feeding troglodyte. Just, I, he has, like, the most uh, punchable face. He does. A troglodyte's better. Yeah. But it's also hard to kill. A troglodyte? Yeah. Oh. I've never tried to kill one, so I wouldn't know. Just like Cruz. (laughs) But the the way that his chin just goes straight to his chest, Mm -hmm. like he's wearing that a flesh turtleneck all the time. Now we we, we don't we don't need to go to someone's personal their appearance to make him seem like a bad person. He's a bad person, even if he is a little ugly. Oh no, he's a bad person with a shitty appearance. That's, (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm just talking about how. His face is punchable, and I hate looking at him. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's an ugly blobfish. <laughs> I'm a person. Hey, gang, this is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Libertas is also called the freedom goddess, Lady Freedom, the goddess of liberty. Do you know there's a statue in New York Harbor called the Statue of Liberty. You know where we got it from? French Freemasons. Listen, folks, that is an idol, a demonic idol, right there in the middle of New York Harbor. And people say, well, no, it's patriotic. What makes it patriotic? Why is it? It's a statue of a false goddess, queen of heaven. We don't get liberty from a false goddess, folks. We get our liberty from Jesus Christ, and that statue of liberty in no way glorifies Jesus Christ. There is no connection whatsoever. So I'm just telling you, we practice idolatry in America in ways that we don't even recognize. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Well, we have some news. What? The, we uh, don't talk about news here. <laughs> it's better than old. The American Atheist has filed suit. Against whom, you may ask, or what, or why? Yes. Well, it's whom, what, where, why? It's against Stanley Rapert. All right. Yeah. I Jason hate that guy. Jason Stanley Rapert. Or Stanley it, Jason. Once again. Because he's- If you change a name. J-Stan. I mean, change the bad one. <laughs> other than him being a total douchebag, uh, American Atheists, this comes to us from their website, 
says that they filed federal they have filed a federal civil rights lawsuit today in the Eastern District of Arkansas against Sen- against Jesus State Senator Stan- Jesus <laughs> Stanley Jason Rapert for violating the First and Fourteenth Amendments of the United States Constitution and Arkansas state law. The complaint was filed on behalf of American Atheists members in Arkansas, including four individual plaintiffs who were unconstitutionally blocked from Rapert's official Facebook and Twitter accounts after they expressed after they expressed viewpoints different than his on several issues. Mm-hmm. According to the complaint, Rapert also blocked the plaintiffs due to their atheism. Mm-hmm. The senator's first conduct constitutes viewpoint discrimination, which is prohibited under the First Amendment. Government officials cannot take hostile actions like limiting participation in public forums against someone simply because they have different beliefs, said Allison Gill, American Atheist's legal and policy director. These forums include social media accounts used by public officials for general purposes. I wonder if they've been waiting to do this, but they waited until after the Trump thing yeah. with that because they said, hey, Donald, you can't block people on social right. media because that's considered a public forum and you're a public official mm-hmm. and you're using that in a public context. Yeah, there's there's a clear precedent for this now, yeah. for sure. The Supreme Court has been clear that social media platforms are perhaps the most powerful mechanisms for citizens to make their voices heard, Gil added. And now yeah, multiple- because the officials don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> and now multiple federal courts have ruled that blocking citizens from participating in this forum is an unconstitutional violation of their freedom of speech. Senator Rapert has a duty to represent all of his constituents, not just the ones who share his religious views. And on that duty, he is failing miserably, said American Atheists President Nick Fish. Anyone capitalizing on their elected office to advance their particular religious viewpoint seriously misunderstands the foundation on which America was built. Arkansas attorney Matt Campbell, an expert on civil rights, criminal law, and the appellate process, is American Atheists' legal counsel in the lawsuit. According to Campbell, quote, Senator Rapert's own comments demonstrate that his actions were motivated by animus toward atheists and those who support the constitutional separation of religion and government, end quote. American Atheists seeks a court order permitting the plaintiffs to participate in these public forums, as well as nominal damages, nominal damages, punitive damages, and attorney's fees. Rapert's actions highlight the need for more atheists to speak out about their beliefs and challenge movement and challenge government officials who silence them in public forums. So American Atheists has launched Atheists Engage, a campaign to fight viewpoint discrimination in public forums. Atheists who have been blocked by public officials on social media can send reports to engage at atheists.org. Engage. And for more information, you can visit atheistsengage.org. Yeah, and, that, this one should be cut and dry, clear, but it's not going to be in Arkansas. Well, the, it's, it's a federal. I, I think they said federal suit, right? Federal? Yeah, fi, uh, federal civil rights lawsuit. So, Well, it would still be in a local federal court. Mm, is your... in their district because I, I can't remember how many districts there are for yeah that's the, it's in the eastern district of arkansas yeah yeah but yep yeah part of the problem is just that judges now mm. completely ignore law they just they just rule however the fuck they want yeah i, I can remember so... <laughs> when i was going through my divorce uh i had started a, a blog oh blog. a blog back this was Almost 20 years ago, somewhere in that name. It was like 18, 17, 18 years ago. Okay. And I had a blog back when 
blogs they, they weren't were, a thing yet, really. They were they were just kind of taking off, but I was blogging about my divorce, and I never named my ex-wife by name. I I referred to her as Bart, that evil uh, witch as Q O T H. Okay. And in court, the judge asked me what Q O T H stood for, and I had to tell him in court that it was Queen of the Harpies. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, he, but he told me that I had to take my blog down, that I that I couldn't mm. I couldn't have my blog, and I'm like, well, what? that doesn't sound right. And my attorney's just like, no, nah, it's fine. Just just don't 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 argue with the judge in his courtroom. Like that's that's a separate issue that we can deal with later if you want. But just say okay, that's fine. I'll I'll do whatever. Just that's you know. when you go, judge. Do you even know how to internet? <laughs> well, but Do you that, know how to First Amendment, bro? Yeah, that's a whole other problem, though, yeah. too, that you're not allowed to even address Express. a judge. Yeah. That you're yeah. not, you're not, you have, you don't have the right to even ex- to say what you think about it. Not in his courtroom, goddammit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wrong, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been in court a few different times, uh, a couple times to fight tickets and then for my divorce. Yeah. But. Yeah. And you are base. I mean, you feel really vulnerable and powerless because you are, you, yeah, you, you basically are like you're having a bad day. What, what the judge says in his courtroom is that's that, that becomes law. Like he, if he says it, then Mm -hmm. you have to do it. And if you don't, then he can hold you in contempt. He can put you in a fucking jail if you disagree with him or you start arguing with him. I actually recently saw one where the judge Someone got out of the courtroom, not his courtroom, a different courtroom, went in the hallway, had an issue while she was in there and, and said something loud. And the judge in another courtroom heard it. And he comes out of his courtroom, runs down the hall, grabs her, pulls her into his courtroom, and puts her in jail for 10 days. No way. That judge got relieved from the bench. I was going to say, you can't do that. That's why the story was out there, because the judge got fucking fired for that. Oh, good. They should be. <laughs> but that just shows how much power they think they have. Someone they in the hallway. They do have a lot of power, but someone in the hallway upset him while he was in his courtroom. So he went and grabbed that person. Brought that person into his courtroom and then sent them to jail for ten days. Yeah, you, that that's a big bad no no. Because they had an outburst in the hallway. <laughs> if someone has an outburst in the hallway, that should be like the bailiffs or whoever be like, "Hey, shh, can't be doing that around here." If you, keep- I've had a really hard day <laughs> listening to people's complaints, and now I can hear you in the hallway. I'm gonna arrest you. Pretty much, and it's not even a, it's not even an arrest. It's hey, you're in jail for ten days for contempt. Done. <laughs> no trial. No, no trial. Like this no is your nothing. trial yeah, right here, is, right here now. This, this is, is your trial. I decided you're going to jail for ten days. Done. Wow. Go. Wowie. Wow. Wow. I I haven't heard anything about that. That's fucking nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. He he. Now now he doesn't have a job. Well. Yeah. Well, and he shouldn't because that's fucked up. Yeah. You have something for us, Matt? I do. Okay. What is it? Uh, I think I'll do this one first. Okay. Uh, President Trump's administration this week began denying visas to the unmarried same-sex partners of foreign diplomats and employees of the UN. Yeah. Making marriage a requirement to be eligible for a visa. Which is kind of fucked. The policy was made effective Monday. It comes despite the fact that the majority of countries do not recognize same-sex marriage and many same-sex couples face uh, prosecution in their own countries. So it's an international outing campaign. That's nice. 
pretty much. Mm. Real nice. Uh, the shift was detailed in a memo circulated at the UN headquarters in New York last month. It gives the same-sex partners of foreign diplomats and United Nations workers until the end of the year to get married or leave the country. This is no <laughs> doubt coming from Mike Pence. Oh, well, or somebody, somebody on the religious right yeah. mm-hmm. somewhere in the cabinet. Yeah. Foreign Policy Magazine, which first reported the story, estimated there are at least 10 current UN employees who would need to get married to get, to get their partner's visas renewed. It was not clear how many foreign diplomats and UN employees with pending U.S. posts will be affected by the policy change. About 12 percent of the 193 UN members, member states represented in New York allow same-sex marriage. According to Samantha Power, a former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. who served under Barack Obama, the Trump administration believes the new policy is more consistent with the 2015 Supreme Court ruling to legalize same-sex marriage. The heterosexual partners of foreign diplomats and United Nations employees are also not eligible for U.S. visas. Hmm. But given the slant of this administration, this is simply going after them. Well, and it's, it's it's not an attempt to let's try and make things fair and balanced here. Mm-hmm. That's not it. Mm-hmm. It's they want to go target them. Well, and it and it sets things up so that if they don't get married and later the Trump administration or a future Republican administration somehow manages to undo same-sex marriages, well then that invalidates all of those and now all of you filthy fucking gays who are part of the UN got to get the fuck out of our country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, critics of the move argue the new policy will create hardship for same-sex couples from countries that ban same-sex marriage or only offer civil unions. Mm-hmm. And for those who marry in the U.S. to secure their visa status, they could face criminal proceedings once they return to their home nations. Yeah, that 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 was the big thing. I you know, I can see it, but then that's where I can't see it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that it hasn't been enforced against homosexual couples because. The countries that they come from may not have same-sex marriage available to them mm-hmm. yeah. and or that they would be persecuted if they are homosexual. In those countries, I think you get a pass. But if yeah. the rule is that you have to be married in order to bring them here on a visa for straight people and in that country, same-sex marriage is legal, I think that, that that's right. Say, hey, well, this they can't bring their girlfriend over. They have to be married. Marriage is legal in your country if you two are dating or if you want to get married. Well, it's but well, and so it seems silly to me. Like, what? Why did? Why do they have to be married in order for that to happen? Like, mm-hmm. rather than well, so, so was, the better just, way to handle it, in my view, would be to say, okay, well, now you don't have to be married to get a visa. Like, you, it, it's it's like a plus one, right? Like, if you're going to a party, mm-hmm. you can you can bring a plus one. If you're going to the UN, you can bring a plus one. If you're if mm-hmm. you're part of the UN, so rather than saying that you all have to be married. Now it's just, well, you can bring a plus one and it doesn't fucking matter if you're married or not. Right. Rather than saying, well, now everybody has to be married, including gay couples. Yeah. You know, even in countries where that may not even be a fucking possibility. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I guess the only correct thing to do to make it equal for everybody is saying, do the plus one, gay yeah. or straight. Yeah. You don't have to be married. You can bring your girlfriend or significant other, whether you're straight or gay. Yeah. Over here with you. Yeah. But is this, because th- those are UN assignments. That's like, I got to be like a. A year or two years. I don't know how long those assignments are. Well, it's got to be depending on here. each country. Yeah. Yeah. Each country would have its own rules about but who serves and for how long. The reason why I'm saying the one thing I can see is saying, well, if the rule for this country is, you know, both marriages are legal, mm. 
And the rule is if you're coming and bringing someone over here, that's not your children, not a relative or basically saying you can only bring relatives. So if you're married, you're a relative, mm-hmm. you can't bring. Well, sure. It would make it, it would make it more equal, but like I said, they don't have to work it that way. They could just say, well, now you don't, you know, you don't have to be married. You can bring a plus one. It doesn't matter. Mm. That's what I was saying. Because we don't want to out you and put your yeah. life in danger in a country where this may be an issue. For yeah, that's what I was saying. It would be nice exactly if they could. That's exactly what the administration is trying to do. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. With those countries where it is, it, it is an issue, give them the pass. Well, but those laws can change. I mean, then, then that's just a whole bunch more shit to track. If you just say, okay, fine. To make this easy on everybody, you can bring a plus one. There, boom, done. It which doesn't is, matter if you're married or not. Which is basically what the system was. Yeah, and then we're not going to out you as being gay in a country where that could be life-threatening, uh, a life-threatening situation yeah. for you. Well, didn't it say it's always been the practice for straight couples to have to be married? Which to bring is, their yeah, significant but that's others? still yeah. That's why I was saying. Mm-hmm. I well, think, yeah, which, I, is, which is a stupid thing anyway. Yeah, I mean, who like, fucking cares? Yeah, like I said, why, why do you have to be married? Why, what, what does a legal document saying that, oh, yeah, well, now if they part, they've got to share things or split things or whatever like if you're if you're spending your life with somebody if if you've made them your partner in life even if it's even if it's a transient thing let's say you're you're in a relationship with them for a you know six months or whatever while you're perhaps courting and want to maybe one day eventually get married if you want it it seems just a lot more logical simple easy and safe for those people in, a, in countries where this could be a life-threatening situation to just say well, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. You can bring a plus one. Well, right. I mean, because it's the same. Well, not it's a different situation, but saying it's kind of the same rules in the military. Yeah. You can't bring your girlfriend with you. Yeah. You can bring your wife with you, but you can't bring your girlfriend. Well, yeah, but I like so That's why a lot of people just get married to say, hey, well, now you can come with me. Yeah. Well, and that, but again, that to me seems fucking backward and stupid. Like why, why is marriage so important? Because yeah. they only pay for family members. Yeah. And if you're not a family member, you don't get to come. Yeah, I th- that's 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 just that's just 1950s bullshit. Yeah, I, I think the whole not not that I don't find value maybe in 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 going through the legal process of getting married to somebody and doing the the whole rigmarole thing and everything, but it's it's a very antiquated mindset to say that yeah. you can only be part of my family if I'm legally bound to you, yeah. right? Like, yeah. well, it is it seems very victorian era mm-hmm. nonsense like why why does that matter i i, I don't know i just and think in certain situations it they they just that's the way it works well i know that's the way <laughs> right i know that's the way it does work but yeah. it shouldn't have to work that way well in the military i could I'm see saying. in the military like you don't want to be they be like oh yeah we're sending you to italy yeah you, oh you can i can bring my girlfriend well no she can go there on her own dime and pay for well, her but, own visa right, but and you everything, just said but, that a lot of people will get married just so that they can take them like yeah then they get divorced yeah <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, what yeah, the fuck is the stupid. whole point and purpose there? Like, it would just be a lot simpler for everybody if they said you can bring just a plus a one. Plus one, yeah. That's how it works now. Yep. Yeah, and the thing that makes this clever is the fact that they already had that stupid law about heterosexual couples that have to mm-hmm. be married. Mm-hmm. So now they can get away with saying, no, we're just trying to make it all uniform and the same. Yeah. When really we know, because of the way that this administration has behaved, that they're targeting LGBT people, but they're hiding it behind this this faux uh, equalizing mm-hmm. bullshit, which I, I know they're going to use if, if anyone even questions that, but yeah. Well, and, and like, I'm, I've known tons and tons of people who, what, oh, there's so many different situations. So I've known a ton of people who have been together for years and years, decades sometimes where they've just, they've never legally gotten married, but yeah. I mean, 
They live life as a, as a married couple. They, they act as if they're a married couple. And, you know, and the state laws vary depending on where you are. If, you know, if there's a common law marriage yeah. statute or whatever the case is. And then there are other people, like if you're in a polyamorous relationship where you can even be married to somebody, but you go on dates with other people, you, you can even stay at other people's places for extended periods of time. It's like the whole, the whole idea of, you know, a monogamous, legally bound, you know, entrapment type marriage to, <laughs> to you're, you are my property now mm-hmm. just seems so antiquated and silly to me sometimes that, I mean, I know a lot of people find value in a monogamous relationship that is legally bound through marriage and that's fine. I get it. But it doesn't mean that the other options for a family or for those you consider to be your family and whom you love and spend time with is any less valid just because they haven't gone and signed a legal document. That just seems silly to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm arguing with a shadow man. I don't know. <laughs> you got something else for us? Sure. This one you should enjoy. It's a October themed kind of thing. Oh, I like October. <clears throat> Fall is my favorite season. I'm sure. Oh, do we, I like it too. Do we no. need it for this? No. Okay. But, <laughs> Uh, Do we need it for this? (laughs) Oh, what a tangled web is being woven along the coast of a small town in Greece. And it's more than a thousand feet long. Oh, I've seen this. Holy fuck. Reuters reports the giant spider webs recently started blanketing the shores of Idaliko in Western Greece. Nope. Nope. It it straight up looks like a kid went crazy with the Halloween spider web stuff. I'm noping the fuck out. (laughs) Not going to Greece or wherever the fuck this thing is. Recently, the weather has been very hot and humid, which leads to more gnats and mosquitoes, which are the favorite food of these spiders. Yeah, they're so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, the weather... Oh, I just said that. More yummy yeah. gnats mean more uh, tetranatha spiders, according to Maria Chatsaki. They even have a I'm scary name. Tetranatha? Yep, they're they're pretty small. Little guys. Uh, it's as if the spiders are taking advantage of these conditions and are having a kind of party, she said. They mate, they reproduce, the, and provide a whole new generation. The result is that the local landscape, grass, trees, and street signs look as if it's covered with a whitish-gray net. Yeah. The spider population the spider population boom happens about every three to five years near Idolico. Greek biologist Fotis Pergantis President of the whatever place, Lagoon Park. (laughs) Sounded like a scientific name for something. It did, huh? (laughs) Uh, Told CNN that the webs will likely be there until temperatures start to drop and the gnat population dies out. When that happens, the spider population will decrease as well. Although neither the gnats nor the spiders are dangerous to humans, CNN predicts getting rid of the webs will require a lot of dusting. (laughs) Damn, I, I pulled up a picture of that. And that's a thousand. Did you say a thousand miles? Feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, a thousand I'm miles. Like, I'm like, does, does Greece have a thousand miles of coastline? <laughs> oh, yeah. Does it? Oh, I bet they do. Huh. They have so many little nooks and. Uh, yeah. They got a lot of nooks and, nooks and crannies. Uh, but yeah, I pulled up a picture of the, of the webs here. That's. That's well. It's it's amazing that it's, it's a literal blanket over all the vegetation on that coast. Wow. That yeah, I would I would nope. Like we would land, I'd want to go to the beach, and I'd be like, nope, going home. 
<laughs> Going home. Apparently, there's way too many fucking spiders here. I don't I think stay. I'd even. I wouldn't even recognize it as as a spider web at first. I would just be like, "What is what the like? Fuck what is all something's this shit? washed up here?" Yeah. Like I've seen weird stuff wash up on salty oceans, but not that. Yeah. Hi, this is Megan Kennedy. I'm a speaker with the Satanic Temple. You can find me on Twitter at Six Moments, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. All right, Brett boy, what are these? They're books. Books that hold the word of God. And we know what Bibles are, Streza. It's my favorite work of fiction. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Hi, it's October. Tis, tis. It's the pirate month, apparently. Arr. <laughs> Arr, it's October, me mateys. <laughs> I meant to continue with the Irish accent. <laughs> but I came in like did a you, pirate. Did you start an Irish accent? No. No, it's, <laughs> it went straight pirate. wondering how you could continue an Irish accent you never started. <laughs> Well, I've been fucking it up the whole time we've been doing accents, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Between between segments, we've been uh, <laughs> fucking around, I don't know, talking talking nonsense in different uh, accents, and apparently I I slip in and out of Irish and Scottish. And, it was pure Scottish. Yeah. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't even bad. It was good. It just wasn't Irish at all. <laughs> it was not at all Irish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, uh, that's much less... Uh, I've got to add a bit of a lilt. <laughs> you just gotta think about your lucky charms. But <laughs> we're we're being way too jovial for this next. <gasps> okay, this next little bit of scary bit. Tis October. Yeah. Yes. Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas wouldn't kill them, since it was toxic in high concentrations. They communicated through microphones and would monitor the subjects through five-inch thick glass porthole-sized windows in the chamber. The chamber was stocked with books, cots to sleep on, but no bedding, running water and toilet, and enough dried food to last all five for over a month. The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was normal for the first five days, The subjects hardly complained, having been promised falsely that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect after the four-day mark. After five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning on their comrades, the other subjects in captivity with them. At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. He ran the length of the dark chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three straight hours. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers postulated that he had physically torn torn his vocal cords. The most surprising thing about his behavior is how the other captives reacted to it. 
or rather didn't react to it. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives took the books apart, smeared page after page with their own feces, and pasted them calmly over the glass port holes. The screaming promptly stopped. So did the whispering into the microphones. The paranoia of the subjects had reached such high levels that they became afraid of each other, silently lurking in the dark chamber, eyes wide and darting, at times crouching in the corners and occasionally tracing their fingertips along the cold, concrete block walls as they inched around the confines of the chamber. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, since they thought it impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside. The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a heavy level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the captives they were, af they were afraid were either dead or vegetables. They announced... We're opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase in a calm, raspy voice. We no longer want to be freed. Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funded funding the research. Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it was finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately, voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices begging, began begging strenuously, as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was slowly opened and tiny dust particles could be seen drifting through the rays of light streaming into the chamber, and soldiers carefully crept into the chamber to re retrieve the test subjects. The soldiers and researchers jumped, startled by the break in silence when the subjects began to scream louder than ever. The soldiers regained composure and pressed on into the darkness to find four of the five subjects still alive. The food rations past day five had not been touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead test subject's thighs and chest stuffed into the drain at the center of the chamber, blocking it and allowing four inches of water, blood, and urine to accumulate on the floor. All four surviving test subjects also had portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. The destruction of flesh and exposed bones on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most of, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the ribcage of all four test subjects had been removed. While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place, the skin and most of the chest muscles had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the ribcage. All of the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working.
digesting food. It quickly became apparent that what they were digesting was their own flesh that had been ripped off and eaten over the course of days. What most of the so most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died after having his throat ripped out, another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off, and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and he bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but this proved impossible. He was injected with more than ten times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought for a full two minutes after, after he had bled out to the point where there was more air in his vascular system than blood. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over, weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for the gas. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room at the facility. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they'd given him to prepare him for the surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. It took, only, it took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. In the autopsy, the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in his struggle not to be subdued. Most of them were from the force of his own muscles, exerting on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery. He only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him. He shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctantly they try surgery without anesthetic and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically possible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she'd seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling, assuming this must be something of drastic importance. The surgeon had pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic. Although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation, the surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continu continuously. 
Once paralyzed, the patients could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time, and they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were again asking for the stimulant gas. The researchers tried asking why they'd injured themselves, why they'd ripped out their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced, and they were placed back into the chamber awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. The researchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer and ex-KGB instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they, were, if they put the gas back on. The researchers strong, strongly objected but were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious that at this point, all three were putting up a struggle to stay awake. One of, one of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off the pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brainwaves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeating suffering brain death before returning to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the moment his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed the same flat lines as the one who just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point-blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed, as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with those things. Not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you? he demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go the nocturnal heaven, haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out. 
so nearly free. Hi, everybody. This is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. If you're going to be a serious grown-up person and appear to defend the Catholic Church in public in front of an educated and literate audience, you simply have to start by making a great number of heartfelt apologies and requests for contrition and forgiveness. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! That's not like a true story, right? It's That's... based on some true events of, yeah. of experimentation by Russians, but no. I mean, all that like... Well, like, because you can't stay awake no. that long and not just die well and plus ripping themselves apart and yeah you, you know that no that i mean that's all just nonsense they've added to an already bad story yeah yeah well and that that sounded really i know that i've read that story or heard uh-huh. it somewhere else before i think that's, that's the first time i heard that one. Oh yeah yeah i know that i've at least read that somewhere before uh seems like it'd be like six or seven years ago maybe that i read that yeah, it's it's a just one of those creepy pastas that goes goes around, you know. Yeah, Mo- mostly made up stuff that's added onto yeah. some maybe true and horrifying prisoner of war situations. True and nasty stuff. Well, have you have you heard? I can't remember if it was Harvard or it's one of the Ivy League colleges that did that uh, the penitentiary experiment. <laughs> I went to Yale. It might have been <laughs> Yale. That might have been why it was fucked up. It was no. It was. The... I worked my butt off. I th- I went to Yale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but it was the one that was, uh, it was done in the seventies and it was w- what made them basically go, Hey, you guys can't do this shit no more. Yeah. Or they had, Oh, were they haze were doing hazing shit? It, mm. Well, that's what it turned into, but it was an experiment where people came in and nobody knew what they were going to do. Hmm. But they were like, okay, this half is inmates. This half is, uh, oh yeah, the, the that was the, the that's the, the Stanford Stanford, Stanford. Yeah. prison experiment. Yeah. 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 yeah, dude. Well, there's a documentary on it. Then I watched like the actual like. No, there's a movie on it. And yeah, I did, you, the did actual, you watch the movie? I watched the movie. The movie yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. But then I watched the actual documentary, and I'm like, it's just as fucked up as the movie kind of made it seem. Like <laughs> yeah. they were, yeah, they did some unethical like, things during that study, doing for some sure. horrible shit, and they let them yeah. do it. Yeah. Just to see how far a person would go to just turn sociology experiment gone awry, gone f- way fucked up. <laughs> now in the movie, they keep locking the guy in that one uh, like boiler tube that was like wasn't working. A boiler tube? Yeah, I think it's what it was. It was like a metal tube that they had kept locked because it's done in a ba- the basement of the college. I don't remember that part. Uh, but in real life, that didn't happen. I think there's a, there might be two movies because the one I'm thinking of has the guy, uh, the pianist. Uh, what's his name? The guy from that movie where he played. I don't the... know if I've seen your pianist. Oh, you have. <laughs> uh, Adrian, Adrian. No, you haven't had Ambien at my house. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Adrian Brody. Oh, the oh, big nosed pianist. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, the version I saw the movie with him in it about that. Cause I've seen two different movies uh-huh. about that experiment. One with Adrian Brody and the one that he's in, he's like the inmate that they keep hazing the whole time, and they would lock into a uh, like a little boiler thing. But in the, in the documentary, was it was a closet that they locked him into for like a day at a time, hmm. and went do 
give him shit, but they're, yeah, they're fucking with him bad. Yeah. And humans turn into shitty fucking people, man. Like if you give them a little bit of authority and autonomy to exercise that authority over people who are powerless to stop them from asserting that authority and they'll do some pretty fucking horrific things. I, I, for some reason, chaps comes to mind. (laughs) i'm skeptical about that (laughs) the wrong way to spell it Uh, you you got something else for us sure do you want to do accents okay (laughs) i can't do it uh saint mary's cathedral in australia is taking heat for implementing a tap and go collection plate crikey tap and go like Similar credit card. Oh yeah, yeah like similar to or what phone or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you would see at uh, McDonald's. By the way, Spike. <laughs> Dan was actually cur- saying it correctly. It is McDonald's, not McDonald's. Not Ma- yeah, if it were Mac, it would be M A C. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not just M C. Yep. Uh, McDonald's. These devices allow patrons, or in this case, parishioners, to tap their chip-enabled credit cards and pay a certain amount. The Roman Catholic Cathedral in Sydney announced the move on its Facebook page, but the outcry was so swift that the post was deleted soon after. Now, I, fuck, you're 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 reading the rest of this story, and now I'm thinking about it more in my head, and I'm like, Dan's just going to say, well, what about the Big Mac? It's called the Big Mac, well, not Dan the Big was, Mick. Dan was saying it right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well a Big Mac way, is yeah. spelled M-A-C. Right. Yeah, right. Where, but where do they get the Big Mac? What's the Mac? It's the Mac Daddy of burgers. <laughs> uh-huh. mm, sure. Sorry, I just knew that if I didn't say something, it was going to keep playing over and over in my head, and I wouldn't actually be listening to you. And for that, I apologize. Sometimes I have these little bouts of shit just going on in my head <laughs> that I'm like, wait, I can't. I just have to stop, and but I have to get it out, or it will manifest itself in an ugly way later. I think you mean Mick manifest. The Catholic Church is at the leading edge of gathering up every last penny for doing nothing and they can't seem to decide whether or not fucking kids is okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to give it a hard hard pass and a definitely wrong. But they're they're still working on that. Yeah. Uh, multiple payments of $10 can be made by tapping your card once with several seconds in between each transaction, St. Mary's said in the post. What if you want to do less than $10? Uh, multiple payments. The response was certainly not all negative and seemed more focused on the minimum donation being set at $10. Yeah. Uh, one Facebook user said, quote, if you had made it a $2 minimum, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, another one said, I hate it when I turn up to mass and realize I don't have any cash. Uh, I would love this option at my parish. Uh, St. Mary's followed up on that outcry by thanking those who made quote, rational and coherent comments about the new collection plates. Who are these people who are just clamoring for a different way to give money to a pedophile organization? Right. Right. And the, and the fucking balls of the people in the church too, demanding that poor people pay their way into heaven with all the priest shenanigans going on. (laughs) And then pouting when being called out for the shameless begging, like they're doing here, you know? Yeah. Uh, St. Mary's did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Shocked, I am. Shocked. Shocked and amazed. Mm-hmm. 
Because they don't have to be accountable for anything ever. That seems so out of character for the Catholic Church to. Whatever happened to, to that uh, that Australian priest that uh, Tim mentioned made that song about? I know he went back to Cardinal Australia. Bell? Yeah, I know he oh, went yeah, back Bell. to Australia, but that was the last I heard about him. Uh, his health was really bad. I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't really followed that story very much. Yeah, because last I heard was Cardinal Pell was finally going back to Australia to like face face the music, the music as it were yeah <laughs> uh but i can't remember i don't remember hearing anything after that i don't know if the fucker died i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't uh mourn the loss of him no uh but yeah i don't know i haven't i haven't followed the story so that's a good question i just don't know i really did like that that was a good song that he did though for that one. Oh yeah I, well, Tim Minchin's just great. I, yeah. He's he's funny and intelligent. And, I want to meet him. Yeah. Yes, I would very much like to meet him as well. Meet him as well. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, oh, I'm silly. Bird. I'm silly with the puns <laughs> and the junks and stuff. Uh, we have another story about Turkish atheism. Did you know Turks? Turkeys can be atheism? Oh, wait. <laughs> Turkeys can be atheism, bro? Did you know turkeys uh, can be atheism? Did you know turkeys can be atheism, it's bro? It's not November yet. Fuck. This comes to us from Aval. Hmm? Ah. Aval News. Oh, yeah. That's that's the name of it. A-H-V-A-L. Try to read it in uh, Turkish. Uh, or Arabic. <laughs> Ooh, when I went golfing, so the the Saturday before I shaved my beard off yeah. and I went golfing at uh, Wasatch, it was cool. Like you saw at Valley View, I see a lot of deer. All that, like, there's deer. Like, it's just filthy and lousy with deer at Valley View. Right? They're all over the <laughs> fucking place. Like, they're like nuisance pests. <laughs> like, get the fuck off the green. You're leaving big fucking dents in the green when you walk across there. You stupid animal. But. uh <laughs> <laughs> no pooping in the fairway. At Wasatch, they had a bunch of deer. They also have like, you know, a shit ton of squirrels and stuff. Uh, a few years ago, we were golfing there and one of the squirrels climbed into our cart and stole James, my, my golfing buddy. They, they climbed into the cart and stole James's candy bar and <laughs> ran off, <laughs> ran off with it. He's like, give me back my Snickers, oh. you stupid squirrel. But, uh, no, at, they, they have wild turkeys out there. Okay. Like a whole bunch of them. And, they make a lot of fucking noise. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like what Matt was doing, but like fifteen of them in a gang of fucking stupid birds <laughs> roaming around the golf course. I used to go turkey hunting, but this is the country of Turkey. <laughs> we're talking yeah, about. it is. It is. <laughs> uh, Turkish Atheism Association is to shut down due to pressure. And I don't think that's pressure mm. from outside forces. I imagine that that's all from inside Turkey. Yeah. Story says that Turkey's first atheist non-governmental organization is preparing to dissolve itself after being targeted by pro-government media and due to pressure on its members. Voice of American Tur- Voice of America Turkish reported. That's uh Voice of America Turkish. Uh, yeah, you said that already. The it's- VAT. The VAT Ooh, reported this. I like that. The Atheism Association was founded in 2014 and has 170 members. There are dozens of them. Dozens! <laughs> yeah, because only 12 of them attend. Only 12 of them attend <laughs> attended the association's general board meeting on Sunday after the Islamist newspaper Yeni Akit gave details of the meeting beforehand and called Barbaros Sansal, Turkish fashion designer and one of the members of the organization, an enemy of Turkey, 
and a person who insults Islam. How dare they? Yeah. Yeah, we do insult Islam. Sanzal was expelled from Cyprus in 2016 and attacked by a mob on the steps of a passenger plane as he arrived at Istanbul Airport. I hear that used to be Constantinople. I heard that once, too. That's nobody's business but the Turks. (laughs) (laughs) After he posted a video on New Year's Eve complaining about the government's crackdown on journalists, sexual harassment against children, corruption, and rising extremism. Quote, drown in your shit, Turkey, Sanzel said in the video. Drown in your shit, Turkey. (laughs) Sanzel was later arrested and imprisoned for two months. Jesus. Zainep Aicha. Zainep Aicha? Sounds about right. Don't ask me to pronounce (laughs) anything. Well, and it's got weird characters over some of the letters and under some of the letters. that's, that's, That's a new one. The president of the Atheism Association said their members had stopped sending their membership fees and the financial burden of the organization had to be shouldered by a few people. Mm-hmm. Sanar Attic, one of the board members of the association, said he, he lives had, upstairs, right? <laughs> I think so. Had been prosecuted for insulting religious values and sentenced to six months in prison, which was later turned into a fine. Attic was also prosecuted for insulting the Turkish president Recep Tayyip Erdogan and sentenced to 14 months in prison. Yeah. Which is why the First Amendment is pretty fucking important here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly why they're getting rid of it. I quote, I cannot work in the public sector anymore. I don't have a job. Under these circumstances, people inevitably do not want to be seen related to our association, Attic said. The senior members of the organization also said that, though the number of atheists in Turkey was on the rise due to religious pressure and the failure of the rule of law in the country, there were not enough courageous atheists who could take the risk of working for the organization. Like, here in America, we're pretty fucking privileged that I can say, fuck Donald Trump, yeah, fuck religion. For now. (laughs) Yeah, for now, sure. Uh, But we have that privilege and it's a right guaranteed to us by our constitution a lot of other countries don't have those very simple rights like the right of free speech yeah and a big problem is that people in our country don't recognize that as a right and they want to strip that away because they want to punish people mm-hmm. so. yeah I, I, but yeah we are lucky still at this point yeah yeah very fortunate to to have those right and and so when people don't exercise those rights right like I understand that some people don't want to be contentious. They don't want to get in arguments with different people. They, they, they don't like confrontation. They want everybody to just be hippy dippy happy, joyous celebrants in the, in the grand thing that we call life. But if you don't exercise the rights that you have afforded to you here in this country where you do have those specific rights, what is the purpose of having them in the first place? If you don't exercise them, then you don't need them. You don't, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have them. You're, you're not taking advantage of the rights afforded to you in America. And I don't understand why. If you, if you don't speak out, if you don't make your voice heard, then how are you going to affect change in anything with which you disagree? Because what if someone tells me no? <laughs> <laughs> what if somebody gets really angry with me and, and just doesn't want to be my friend anymore? Mm-hmm. And they block you on social media. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. 
Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. We have a man who has become a friend of mine. It's shocking, isn't it? He's a good man. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey. My party is going back crazy. And I don't think he has the temperament of judgment to be commander-in-chief. You know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell. Donald Trump is the most unelectable Republican I've seen in my lifetime. He's not fit to be president of the United States. The Republican Party has been kind here, bringing out the worst in us. Disparaged women, opportunistic, religious bigotry, race baiting, xenophobia. He's a jackass. No, I don't think he's a xenophobic, race baiting, religious bigot as president. You don't have to run for president and be the world's biggest jackass. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. You know, what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, uh, not fit to be president. I don't believe he's a Republican. His policies are really bad for the country. I'm going to try to help our president, Donald Trump, be as successful as possible because, uh, number one, I agree with him mostly. I like the president. I want to help him. I hope he's successful. Trump's foreign policy is a complete disaster. I think this strike was a game changer. There's a new sheriff in town. What President Trump has done is historic, deserves the Nobel Peace Prize, and then some. If Jeff Session is fired, there will be holy hell to pay. The president's entitled to attorney general he has faith in. I trust Deputy Attorney General Rothenstein. Here's what I say to Mr. Rosenstein. If you don't believe that the Department of Justice was off the rails, you're clearly not looking at the same Department of Justice I'm looking at. I just about had it with the Rosenstein approach here. Can you tell me what happened in that meeting? In your own words. No, I want to make sure that I can keep talking to the president. And somebody's got to explain this to Trump, so I guess that'd be my job. If you don't like me working with President Trump to make the world a better place, I don't give a Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. That's kind of funny. I, <laughs> so I didn't bring it up in the week in review thing that we do at the, at the front of the show. Uh, but there's somebody that I have been friends with in real life and on Facebook for like, like 10 years now. Well, more like seven or eight years, probably. Um, somebody that I've helped a, a number of different ways, uh, you know, help them move, you know, volunteered manual labor from me, the fat, lazy guy who doesn't <laughs> like to do a lot of manual labor. Wiped their ass once. Uh, used, used my vehicles to transport their shit in an emergency when they had to move out of a place into another place. Mm. Uh, been supportive of their kung fu things they've got going on mm. and a lot of the other things that they were doing and participating in in their life and uh i've i've made reference to this person i don't know probably two or three years ago it was early when we were doing the show and uh it was it was around voting season of course i've 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 voted basically since i was able to vote yeah. since i was 18 mm-hmm. i've always been involved in politics it's always been uh a fascination and interest of mine to be involved in politics to have my voice heard to vote whenever I possibly can for the things that I support. And this person I made reference to in previous, in at least one previous show, when I said, you know, if you're going to listen to comedians as your voice of reason, um, yeah, I remember that for, for whether you should vote or not, then you're probably not really fucking paying attention to what (laughs) the fuck is going on. Um, and this was because this person and I had had arguments before about, you know, whether you should vote or not and whether it's effective and 
why you should vote and blah, blah, blah. And this person kept throwing out George Carlin's little stand-up bit about voting oh. and it being a waste of time and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if Carlin actually held those beliefs or if they were just part of his shtick as, as, yeah. as part of his uh, comedy routine. I, mean, I love George Carlin. I do too. I, yeah. I think I Carlin still love his comedy. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I think I really, really appreciated a lot of the things that he did, but that particular bit when he went on and on about, voting being stupid and the the wealthy and rich will always be in power and the vote is useless and you know you're completely powerless and it's completely pointless to vote in the first place and everything it's it's like my response to that is if your vote was pointless then politicians wouldn't spend billions of dollars per year trying to get you to vote one way or another mm -hmm. if your vote didn't matter there would be no money spent on it and yeah. spent over 500 days campaigning in the last election. Right, right. And guess what else? What what George Carlin and other comedians are doing on stage is an act. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they may really feel like that. They may not. You don't know. It's just what they think is funny. But that's not a good source of of life guidance. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. You should not be using a comedian as a guru to yeah. run your yeah. life. Yeah. Most comedians have a persona on stage. Right. right. And so, like I said, we, we would have these back and forths for over, over these issues throughout the years. Right. And this is actually a person who I saw at a party, um, stand up to somebody who made, who made an off color comment about, uh, trans people. And, you know, it was, it was one of those situations where you're in a party with people you don't really know all that well and something gets said and you just, you know, typically if you're, if you're like most people, like even I did at the time, you just kind of laugh it off and, and you're like, huh, you, you, you do the little uncomfortable giggle, right? And think in the back of your mind, well, this person's a piece of shit, you know? Uh, well, may maybe not even a piece of shit, but somebody who probably needs to be educated on these things, but right now may not be the appropriate time. Yeah. But at that party, I saw the person that I'm that I'm talking about now actually stop and say, "Well, that was a really shitty thing to say," and like mm. you, like you could almost hear the record, you, the needle scratch across <laughs> the record, right? Like, <laughs> and there was this, there was this little bit of dead silence, and then the person was like. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh huh. And the and the person that I'm talking about just said, you know, it's not even worth my fucking time. Never mind. And they just walked away. And I thought that was pretty awesome. Like you're in a setting where you don't really know anybody, and you're still rather than just doing the yes anding and nodding and agreeing and laughing uncomfortably, whatever. You stood up and you said, "Hey, no, that was that was fucking wrong. What you just said that was that was bad." Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not. There wasn't a whole lot of follow up on it but at least they at least something. they voiced that initially right and i thought that was fucking awesome and that's something that i've carried forward with me in my mind as i interact with different people in different situations to this day right and this is something that happened years ago with this person and uh i noticed on facebook earlier this week that uh the person in question had posted something about you know uh you need to get out and vote and, and you need to do this and that. And I was like, wow. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a twist. That's a change in things that I wasn't previously aware of. And the person in question also, you know, he and I had gotten in various, had had various disagreements throughout the years. 
And there were a couple of them that, you know, we, we had a minor disagreement and he would blow up and get all aggro about it and, and really like say some really hurtful, awful things. And I'm just oh, like, just go right to like, yeah, like, fuck you, you stupid <laughs> motherfuckers. Typical kind of bullshit that I would expect from somebody as stupid as you are. And, yeah, that, and that, I'm just like, exactly. whatever, you know, and I just would Real kind of ignore it and whatever. And then they, then they'd send an apology the next day or later that day or whatever. And I was just like, you know, I understand you get heated, whatever. That's kind of your personality. I've, I've got a pretty thick skin. It doesn't really bother me a whole lot. I figured you, you know, we'd iron things out because we're friends. We, you know, you understand yeah. that we can have disagreements about different things and we can even argue vociferously and, and passionately about different things. But, you know, personal insults should be set aside. That's, that's not, yeah. that's not an effective yeah. way to argue with mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. And, so that that had gone on and that happened like two or three different times. And finally I was just like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're not going to be close friends anymore or, or, well, we weren't really close friends to begin with, but we were close ish. And so finally I just decided, okay, well, I have other people who I really like to spend time with and I, you know, may argue with them about different things, but we can have an amicable disagreement about things. They don't resort, resort to personal insults to try to get their point across or whatever, or make a point or win the argument. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy who repeatedly, whenever they would get in an argument with somebody and that person would block them or unfriend them or whatever, they'd say, well, they blocked me and unfriended me. I guess that means I fucking win because oh. they couldn't fucking handle talking to me about stuff and just debating like a rational person. That means uh-huh. I fucking win. And I would think, well, maybe they just got tired of dealing with an asshole who's yeah. not really going to listen to him. Right. Who, so, clear, who clearly doesn't understand fallacies. Right, right. So, you know, he, he posted this thing about you should get out and vote and do this and that. And I was, and I just, and honestly, I was happy and surprised and shocked that, wow, this is, he's come around on these things. And now he's not only apparently voting himself, but encouraging others to do so as yeah. well. When previously he had said that that was a terrible thing to do and a waste of your time and whatever. And so I just said, oh, this is awesome. I'm glad you're getting involved in politics. When did you start voting? And instantly, like his first response was, you got a little dick. (laughs) Fuck you. Apparently you haven't been paying attention to shit that's gone on lately and, and things that I've been posting for a couple of years now. And, you know, and, and just went on and like went on this little diatribe, like throwing out personal insults and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, I was trying to be supportive and interested and yeah. like, hey, when did your uh, yeah. views and opinions on this change? And, you know, he came back like really angry, like, oh God, now everybody's going to fucking know that I haven't always voted <laughs> and that I didn't have this opinion forever and oh, fuck yeah. you for calling me out. And it was oh. just like, no, I'm excited that you're doing it. And yeah. they took it completely the wrong way, right? Like, uh, how how old is this person? I mean, uh, younger than he's... Yeah, okay. Mid to late 30s, I think. Oh, never mind. Way too old not, to be acting not like, like this. Not like a young person, but <laughs> because this the the amount the amount of self-centeredness that's going into all of this stuff that he's talking about that that you should be paying attention to every moment of his life. Yeah. And yeah. and how dare you call out an inconsistency in public? You know, that would show that he was maybe wrong or changed his mind or anything like just this whole thing. It, everything is revolving around him. Yeah. Well, well, and it's like, 
you know, I was excited that his mind had been changed yeah, and right, I wanted right, to right. know, well, when did this grand revelation happen? And I wanted to know how he came to that so that maybe in the future we can use this information to get other people who think that voting is a waste of time to see. No, it's not. You know, well, what was a- it that changed your mind that I can tell other people, look, this person used to say that same thing and now they've changed and here's why. And it's a perfectly normal, like organic thing to come up because it's a conversation you had already had. Right, right. And so apparently like, and here's the other thing too I want to stress is that when you read a comment from somebody that can be taken one of two ways, please, for the name of, in the name of whatever you, (laughs) not even hold holy, but whatever you fucking like, if you want to try to maintain relationships with people, if that's at all a concern of yours. Try to view their comments in the most charitable light possible, yeah. right? And then if you have a question, if you think they were being shitty, fucking ask them. Like, like you can just even respond back and say, there's one, you know, there are a couple different ways or a few different ways that I could take this comment. How exactly did you mean this? Because, you know, the yeah. state that I'm in right now, my, my current frame of mind is that I think maybe you meant this. You meant it to be a shitty comment. Like, oh, you've always been a fucking dumbass before, and now you're voting. Why, why the fuck yeah. have you changed your mind? He could have said, is that a negative comment or a positive well, comment? He's, he's, right. expecting, he's expecting you to behave like he does. Some projection. Yeah. yeah. And come at yeah. him like, oh, oh yeah, I, I guess I win now because you changed your mind. You're doing what I <laughs> said you should be doing all along. So, so and that, and that, that bothers me so fucking much that people rather than trying to communicate with each other and make sure that their points are clear and that they understand what the other person is saying and why they'll instantly jump to the least charitable conclusion yeah, that they yeah, possibly yeah. can. Right. Like, Oh, you're just saying this to be a fucking dick. And, and so I'm going to try to tear you to pieces. And it's like, dude, that's not at all what I was doing. Like, yeah. I'm excited that you're doing this now. What has changed your mind on this and why, how, how can we use this information to help other people in the future to get them out to vote. Mm-hmm. And instead it was just, oh, you're a fucking asshole and blah, blah. Still never answered my question. Like I still have no fucking idea when he decided to start voting, but just posted all these really terrible things in my, and so I just responded and I'm like, dude, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what's going on here and I'm interested in the truth, you know, is why are you not? And I, you know, if you're, are you interested in a dialogue here or are you just looking to score points and be a fucking prick? Mm-hmm. And then it was, oh, fuck you. And then it was just, you know, like three comments in a row. Like that really got under, you know, like boom, 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 three comments. And they were just like so terrible and awful. Just every insult, every fallacy, every ad hominem attack that you could possibly think of. And so I just laugh reacted to him. Yeah. Like, it's not even worth my time to respond. I'm just going to like, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm going to laugh at you because you're being a dummy. Make him more angry. <laughs> yeah, probably. It, well, I'm sure it did because then the next thing I know I was blocked. So this person that I've been, you know, fairly close with in the past and have drifted apart because of life circumstances yeah. and whatever we don't, we don't really hang out anymore. But then I see, well, I oh, see great, great. This is, you know, the, you're involved in this now and I'm excited. And, and what, you know, how did you change your mind? When did this happen? And then just personal attacks. And then for the person who always would sit, you know, any, any, his, like the, one of the lines in one of his last comments was like, why don't you just fuck off and get the fuck out of here or whatever. And I just laugh reacted to that. And I'm sure that he wanted me to unfriend him or block him. And right, I knew right, that. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't. And then like the next day, um, I saw, I got a, I got a notification on Facebook that 
you know, so-and-so has commented or replied to your comment on, on their post. But you can't see So I go it to now. look at it and it's content and unavailable, content unavailable. And I'm like, Oh, maybe they remove the comments or maybe Facebook is acting all fucky. So I go to look at his profile on my computer and that person, as far as Facebook is and I are concerned, no longer exists. And mm. I'm like, okay, well, clearly they blocked me. Yeah. And I'm thinking this from the person who as a mantra for years is, oh, well, they unfriended me or they, or they blocked me. I guess that means I fucking win. Well, I guess I win because you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Sounds like this guy's a little unstable anyway. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He's, he's. He's had some issues and some problems and I've tried to be supportive and whatever. And it's just like, yeah. at some point it's like, dude, like I, I can only go with you so far. Like I've, I've tried helping yeah. you. I've done what I can, but I'm not just going to be your fucking punching bag. So ultimately it was a good thing that he did it because he's kind of a dick, but mm -hmm. it just, it seemed surprising and, but totally hypocritical and. I don't know. It's just weird. People yeah. are fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot kind of it, while I'm thinking about it, you know, I mean, I, people who are listening to this probably know that the way we started the show was I said to somebody at an event that I wanted to start a podcast. They told me that Ryan was interested, gave me his number or whatever. We got in contact, did our first episode at Dan's house because he was the president of the atheist group here. And then we just, he just joined and we're like, yeah, all three of us should just do it. And that's how we met. We didn't yeah. like, we met each other for the mm -hmm. first time, first time. at yeah. that first show. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't have been luckier to have ended up with these two guys, Aww, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, but there's so many crazy guys out there. So much you. weird, <laughs> weird, crazy, stupid people out there. Yeah. And just to have the chemistry that we have and the way, you know, the friendship that we've built and to to be as stable as you guys are and stuff. I mean, it's just the luck is crazy. I mean, I, I I'm not usually optimistic, but in this case, it worked out really amazingly well. Yeah. I've never been called stable before. <laughs> well, I mean, you you know, you it's water off a duck's back. What about with sturdy. You, like, you know, been called sturdy before. <laughs> <laughs> Only went on all fours. <laughs> this is a sturdy platform. Yeah. This will work <laughs> fine. And I wasn't around for the ambient night, so maybe that <laughs> would change it. But uh, no, yeah, just, anyway, I just really appreciate you guys, yeah. and and I really lucked out. Well, thank you. I feel the same way. Uh, but I just, I don't like. Like I said, it, it. If you take nothing else from this story, if you take nothing else away from this story, I hope that you take away the fact that please try to be decent to other people. You know, if, if, if somebody makes a comment and I understand people have a bad day and I thought, well, clearly, you know, this, this person may just be having a rough day. Maybe they had a bad day at work, bad traffic, whatever the fuck, like it's not worth my time getting into a big argument with them. I'm just going to laugh, react at their, at their comment because it's ridiculous. Right. But like I said, if they're, if they if somebody makes a comment and it can be taken any number of ways, whether it's on social media or in real life. Rather than acting like a dick and reacting out of anger, stop and think, well, you know, this can be taken multiple different ways. I should ask them what their intent was. Like, did you mean to piss me off? Are you trying to call me out? Are you trying to be a dick? Are right. you trying to get a rise out of me? Or are you generally, are you generally and genuinely curious about what's going on? Yeah. Don't assume that you know what people mean. Well, yeah. and that's, that's the thing, right? Like, why would you automatically assume the worst of somebody, especially somebody that you've known for years? Well, that why, I could, why would that you, I could why understand. Would you, <laughs> well, well, I mean, unless you, unless you already know. Or have it in your mind that that person is just a giant fucking asshole who right. you don't really care about anyway. Like, why would you, like, 
if Donald Trump tweets something, like I assume automatically that it's going to be a shit show, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's but that's a warranted thing. Yes, that, exactly. It's, it's proven to be that a shit show. Yeah, there's many a, there's a times. proven track history of that being a total fucking shit show. Yeah, that's not like paranoia. That's just yeah. But if but if somebody that you are, you know, amicably amicably connected with online and in real life says something that you can take multiple ways. Stop and ask them, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And that's all you have to say is, well, what exactly do you mean? And is English your first language? (laughs) Yeah, I I always love it when you say that. (laughs) But, yeah, just try to be nicer to people, Mm -hmm. for Christ's sake. Jesus Christ. Like, (laughs) well, and then it's like, so Tracy is still friends with this person. Uh, I don't don't know if she is anymore. Would me or Matt possibly be friends with this person on Facebook? Or I don't think so. Okay, they're they're kind of a curmudgeon. Okay, they they don't they don't make friends easily. Uh, Um, but so so I told her the story, and she's like, "Well, that's kind of fucked up." So she went out and looked at this person's uh, timeline and and read some of the comments after they blocked me, and and she's like, "Oh man, they're just a fucking coward." (laughs) Like. Some of the things, like, you asked this question, and then their response to it was this, and then they blocked you, and then they went on this tirade uh, while you weren't there to defend yourself. Uh, She's like, they're just a fucking coward. What a shitty human being. What a terrible fucking thing to do. Hi, this is Thomas Westbrook, and I have a YouTube channel called Holy Kool-Aid, where I take topics and I break them down in five or ten minute videos, trying to give a laser-focused perspective on religion, philosophy, and science. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution Podcast. Uh, Mickey, I need help. Hi, well, you do what every normal person does, and you go to church. Since when are you so religious? Not religious at all, but I like church. Free donuts, coffee, a little wine to take the edge off. Then you confess all the bad stuff you did and go home guilt-free, ready to do it all over again. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, so I think the last story we're going to cover for the regular portion of the show this evening is a local story here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And it's something that I that I saw the headline for, and I was like, "Well, that's interesting, and that's that's kind of hypocritical, and I, I can understand why it's being reported." But then I thought, "Well, why why is this guy getting arrested, but other people who do the same thing, or or have the same profession, don't get arrested for doing what, in my view, is way 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 worse?" Yeah. Like, why is that a thing? Uh, This comes to us from Fox 13 News here in Salt Lake City. It says, the headline is, Catholic priest charged with patronizing a prostitute. Story reads and says, a Catholic priest has been charged with patronizing a prostitute. Father He should be given a goddamn gold medal for not fucking (laughs) kids. Right, exactly. That was my thought thought after reading the headline and thinking about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, But the story says the Father Andres Paulo Skrupirik. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do the, the way too many consonants and, and Skrzypik? yeah, he's like, I think that's Polish. I'm guessing. Yeah. That's, that would be my guess. Uh, but it, says the, it says the father was arrested August 24th near 200 North 900 West in Salt Lake city during an undercover prostitution sting where police were targeting Johns. Mm-hmm. According well, to a not probable, <laughs> according mm-hmm. to a probable cause, my name's they, not John. I should go yeah. scot free. They caught the wrong guy. You're Look, only going after Scott, John. He's going free. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Father bruh, 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 initially accused the undercover officer as being a cop, but eventually agreed to pay $30 for a sex act. Oh, shit. The affidavit claimed $30. So, a $30 sex act, and this guy is in jail now. What does that get you? Uh, I have no idea. I don't, I have no idea how that even works. Like, how do you, how do you approach a prostitute, Ryan? (laughs) Good question. I mean, you probably just look for the one that's, that's hankering for a drug. Well, there've been, there've been a couple times that I know that I must have been speaking with a prostitute and had absolutely no fucking idea what was really going on. Did she come up to you and go, hey, honey, you want to go back to my room for a party? <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I, I just got from a party. Well, so so Atheist of Utah uh, has a, has a is working with the Utah Department of Transportation. We've adopted – or Atheist of Utah has – I I filed – I filled out all the paperwork to get the program started when I was president for Atheist of Utah to adopt a section of highway here yeah. for the Adopt-A-Highway cleanup program, whatever, so we could have – John you know, Lane? signs that say this this section of the road cleaned by atheists of Utah. Yeah. What what age is it? Do you have you found that it's appropriate to tell the highway it's adopted? <laughs> I think immediately, just like get it out of the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't want it to be a surprise later. Like right, you know, right, have right. them think you've been lying to them. Yeah, their that's entire smart. Life. That's smart. Um, but so the atheists of Utah has a section of State Street that they've adopted to yeah. clean, right? And there's toward the toward the north end of the cleanup area. There's a little uh, motel. Okay, and it's like you you know that if you take the northern section of the clean the northwest section of the cleaning section, there's needles. You're going to find needles, condoms, clo- discarded clothing. Like mm. it's you you know there's prostitution happening in because when area. a John's got to run, he don't bring his clothes. Right. <laughs> But also, you know, semi-adjacent to that is a pawn shop, and then just a little bit down from that is Piper Down, one of my favorite bars. I fucking love Piper Down. It's a great place. And so there have been a couple instances where I was either doing a cleanup with Atheist of Utah or had pulled into the parking lot of the pawn shop so to park to go to Piper Down, where women have approached my car. Very shakily, <laughs> very Ooh, shakily, shakily and shabbily, and you know, motioned for me to roll the window down and roll the window down. Were, and you, they, were you in? The, were you on Parkinson's Lane? <laughs> <laughs> Did you roll the window and she go? You want your dicks? No, like they're no, like they're just tweaking, right? Like, oh, 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 yeah. So you know, I roll the window down, and when I roll the window down, and then they see Tracy sitting in the car. There's kind of a like a double take, and then a oh well, okay, right. maybe maybe uh-huh. maybe this will still work. Like, uh-huh. what can I do for you? And I'm like. Nothing. What are you talking about? Like, you came over to my car. What do you want? <laughs> and they're like, oh, whenever well, mind, have a good day. And I'm just like, what the fuck was that? And Tracy's like, I think that was a prostitute. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm really fucking naive about that kind of shit. Like, I don't have any situational awareness of, like, oh, right, we're near the Hooker Hotel. Yeah. Or, or Mo- Hooker Motel. Motel. Hotels are for escorts. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think, oh, maybe this person needs help. I should roll down my window <laughs> and see what they want. <laughs> and so they're just like, no, okay, never mind. So I don't know how that all works out. But 
yeah, so I have no idea what thirty dollars gets you from. I, I just imagine a that the price for a hooker is all dependent on the local price of drugs. Probably mm-hmm. whatever they need to get their next score. That's probably, probably what they're a charging. Big driver, yeah, yeah. Uh, after making the agreement, Father Skrzpiec <laughs> was arrested and charged with one count of patronizing a prostitute, a class A, demi- a class A misdemeanor. The Catholic Diocese of Salt Lake City told Fox 13 that Father Skrzpiec is currently on administrative leave pending the outcome of the charges. Well, it seems like they're going to stick. <laughs> uh, it was a cop he talked now, to. Now, wait a second. Undercover. So they're going to put him on leave for this, yet Well, because they can't get... move him. Well, yeah, over the so. weekend, a statement was read from the pulpit at St. Ambrose Church in Salt Lake yeah, City. Yeah, I can't believe this, though. And at J.E. Cosgriff Memorial School, where Skrzpiec worked. Regarding Father Andres Skrzpiec, <laughs> on Tuesday of this past week, September 24th, 2018, the District Attorney's Office for the Salt Lake County filed a single charge of solicitation of, a, of an adult female against Father Andrew. Well, that's much easier. Why don't they just fucking call him out all the time? <laughs> <laughs> this charge is a Class A misdemeanor. Father Andrew, from the beginning, has denied the allegations. Father Andrew was placed on leave from his ministerial duties when this incident when this incident was reported to the diocese. Now the charges have been formally filed. Bishop Oscar A. Solis has put Father Andrew under administrative leave for three months until this matter is resolved. We ask that you keep Father Andrew in your prayers. During his absence, Father Joshua Santos has been assigned temporary administrator of St. Ambrose Parish and chaplain of J.E. Cosgriff Memorial Catholic School. P.S. Thank God Sergeant Andrews only likes, or Pastor Andrews, or what? Father Andrews. No, no, the the replacement guy was his name. I fucked this whole thing up. Oh, Solis? Oh, Joshua. Santos. Santos. Yeah, Yeah, thank God. Father Santos only likes little boys. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, but that's just it, is that. Okay, this guy solicited a prostitute, somebody who's willing to do what he wants. Yeah, and able to consent. And able to, con- yeah, yeah, able to consent, most likely, I would imagine, for $30, and he's arrested and loses his job, while the Catholic Church, meanwhile, finds out the priests are diddling kitties, mm-hmm. and they just transfer them to different parishes or dioceses where there's a brand new pool of victims for them to select and they face no consequences. They're not arrested. They don't spend any time in jail. They're not on admin leave either. Yeah. So apparently the church doesn't care. Not only the Catholic church, but law enforcement officials think that consensual paid sex between two adults is much more egregious than fucking children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so fucking sick well, and wrong. Because he got caught by law enforcement. Ah, is that the key? That is the key. Mm. Because if the church finds out, they don't have to report it to the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I see. But this does remind me of the one that we talked about a few months ago. Yeah. Where the the pastor was caught in the car with a guy. The pastor? The pastor. Oh. I thought you not, said pasture. No, not the field. The field wasn't in the car. <laughs> the car might have been in the field, but the field wasn't in the car. Okay. But the pastor was caught Wait, with- Wait, pasture? No. I thought you said pasture. I, maybe I'm saying it with a Wisconsin <laughs> accent. I'm not saying pasture. Pastor. 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 
Louis Pasteur. Anyway, the dude was caught doing a dude in his car, and he said he was giving him like talk, oh, just right, talking right. to him. Oh right, right. The, like, the yeah, guy was bound up yeah, in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's not how this. You're this, you have a naked guy uh, bound in your car, and you're not in and the you're driver's not seat. Pants. <laughs> this, 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 uh, none of this makes any sense. What were you weren't just talking? <laughs> I remember that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a fun story. <laughs> We should do a follow-up, see if anything has happened. Oh, that guy, his wife, his wife is probably still standing behind the door. <laughs> What's going on probably here, a dear? serial killer now. Oh, yeah. Well, don't you remember that, though, where his wife was angrily like, oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. I fucking the camera, like, you get away from my fucking husband. <laughs> How dare you question this honorable man? Yeah. I, she looked mad at him, I thought. Well, maybe she was just mad at the whole world. She probably yeah. knew. Like that, I I imagine that if you're in a committed relationship like that for that long, and you and now you're dirty laundry. Now now everywhere. this comes out, and the news is appearing on your port. I yeah. imagine you're just kind of pissed off at the world in general. Yeah, my life has been a lie. Yeah, that'll wrap things up for us for the regular portion of the show. We'll be moving into the Patreon portion coming up very soon, in which we'll be doing a lot of fun things. If you would like to hear the Patreon portion of the show, you can do so by coming by becoming a member of our Patreon patron subscribers. You can patronage us. <laughs> For as little as $1 per episode, you get extended episodes, early releases, and bonus episodes on occasion. Uh, you also get a lot of other fun goodies at different levels if you want to pay more per episode. And if you value and like what we're doing, we would gra- greatly appreciate you doing that, becoming a Patreon patron and supporting the show. Yeah. And before I go, I want to make sure that we thank our existing Patreon patrons. That would be Alan Firth. Numania. Christy Callback. Gatheist. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrews. Let them eat coffee. <laughs> Two skeptical chaps? Michelle Short. Vanessa. Free Thinker 215. Utah Outcast. Janet Uter. Marius Katbuchokowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodopich. Taylor Grant. And Jellica Person. <laughs> Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Fuzz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Savita Kuna. And the Purple Dragon. Yay, Grant. Uh, thank you all very much. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, we're going to move into the Patreon section of the show. So until next week, crucify those fucking hypocrites. Mm. Leave a review and find out what $30 gets you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, why not? Rate the two skeptical chaps five times a day toward Mecca. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed knowing those guys, too. Me, too. Okay, guys. What the fuck did they give them? I can't believe I fucked up that word. <laughs> right at the very end, goddammit. <laughs> I decided that for every episode in October, I was going to bring a scary story. Mm. A little creepypasta. Creepypasta. <laughs> oh. And then uh, the episode that we do for Halloween. So it's, I don't know. How I, well, we didn't talk about it off air. Okay. Uh, but no, let's talk about it now because otherwise I'll fucking oh, okay. forget. Do we want to do... Uh, scary stuff all the way up until the October. We should probably do it until a, the Halloween thing, like because we're going to be recording on, on Halloween, Halloween again yeah. this year. So we should probably do that one, our creepy pasta Halloween episode before the week before, right, so it right. comes out right the week of. Halloween. That's what I figured. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh yeah, I should have done one last week. <laughs>
<laughs> we don't think. Hey, do you want to talk about another shitty human being? Okay, sure. Who? Oh, I was trying to do a lead in. <laughs> <laughs>